102 Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 7, uh, 533. And Ozzy. We're back to Nagel and Rock 102. So, yes, they're supposed to be pretty bad weather-wise. It wasn't so bad. I don't know why you're listening to us for weather. Because I'm pretty sure Dan Brown will have a better forecast than this one. Sunny today and a high of 69. I'm banking on that one. Tonight, clear, low around 40. And then for tomorrow, mostly sunny and a high of 73. 46 degrees right now in downtown Springfield. Today is Thursday. Three times this week, I have had to announce the keyword for cash. Your chance to win $1,000. Two of those days, I've done it in a timely fashion. Yesterday, not so much. Today, it's my intention to give you the next keyword of cash just after 8 o'clock. That's my promise. I'm going to try to stick to that today. We got that. A lot of other stuff coming up this morning, too. It's 534 on Rock 102. What? <laughs> rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 551 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Going to be a nice and sunny day today with a high of 68. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 72. It's 45 right now in downtown Springfield. Hollywood Trash is brought to you by Aqua Pump, an expert on all water supply systems from the well to the pump and into the house. Somehow you still care about what's happening in Hollywood. So from Tinseltown, 3,000 miles away, it's Steve Nagel's Hollywood Trash. Well, Tina Turner died yesterday at her home in Switzerland after what her reps called a, quote, long illness. She was 83 years old. Uh, Tina rose to fame in the 1960s as part of the Ike and Tina Turner Review with her husband, Ike Turner. Actually, kind of a big loss, to be honest. It's a huge loss. She was a she was a musical icon. She kicked ass for her, her entire career. Uh, what, didn't she do the Freeway of Love? No, 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 Steve. That's a that's Aretha Franklin. Uh, well, didn't she do uh, R E S P E C T? No, Steve. That's a uh, Aretha Franklin. Didn't she do uh, You Can't Hurry Love? No, Steve, that's Phil Collins. Well, I don't know what song she sang then. After escaping uh, Ike's abuse in 1976, she did what she had to do to survive before her solo career took off with her 1984 album, Private Dancer. Okay, now I'm getting where she's going with this. You didn't know that she did Private Dancer? I'm just, I'm playing along here, man. Like I'm I'm the dumb guy on the show, you know? (laughs) Whoo, man, that's a relief. Featuring the hits. What's, I, for a minute there, I thought I was being the dumb guy. What's love got to do with it? Oh, she sang that too. <laughs> yes, she did. Better be good to me and the uh, title track. The uh, following year, she played uh, Auntie Entity uh, in Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome, featuring her hit song, We Don't Need, Need Another, Another Hero. Hero. Yeah. Uh, Tina sold 200 million albums and won eight Grammys. At 56, she was hired as the face of a $20 million campaign for Hanes pantyhose because, you know, those legs. Legs for days on that lady. Tina's 1986 memoir, I, Tina, detailed Ike's abuse and her journey back to the top. Uh, it inspired the 1993 movie, What's Love Got to Do With It?, starring Angela Bassett. Tina credited her legendary stamina to exercise, eating well, never smoking, drinking, or doing drugs. Uh, Bassett issued a statement saying, quote, Tina Turner showed others who lived in fear what a beautiful future filled with love, compassion, and freedom should look like. That's yeah, sad. She the, is a music icon, you know? You ever see that movie? Which one? 
uh, what did I say? Uh, no, I haven't seen it. With, with what's Angela love, Bassett. What's love got to do with it? Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, Ike really came off very, very badly. Like, uh, you almost got the sense that uh, he was a real jerk. Uh, I'm pretty sure he was a full-on dirtbag. Yeah. No, I I think that was probably an accurate representation of who he was. You know, that I, I really enjoy Rolling on a River. I really like that song, and I like the way they perform it. It's really kind of creepy when you think about what kind of a guy he was and what he did to her. I mean, he didn't just, like, hit her a couple of times. He beat the living crap out of her. He controlled everything. Yeah. Everything. And, uh, you know, when she finally went solo and had this massive career, it was kind of validating because, you know, she was the one calling the shots. Yeah. Which is the way it should have been all along. But and I don't mean to say that as like she should have been hit at all. I'm just saying like you know it's not like these accusations are. Oh well, he was he didn't mean to do that. He got drunk one night and then he you know he hit no, her. I mean, there's a victim mentality that sometimes often you know tries to justify what happens. Yeah. But uh, you know, good for Tina. She got herself out of it. Had herself a brilliant career. Pictures went viral yesterday of Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson at the con red carpet appearing to be angrily scolding some poor guy. Of course, that uh, could seriously tarnish Tom's image as the nicest guy in the universe. So Rita took to social media to preserve that image. She says she and Tom weren't freaking out on the guy. They were just trying to figure out what he was saying. Quote, this is called I can't hear you. People are screaming. What did you say? Where are we supposed to go? But that doesn't sell stories. Nice try. Listen, when you get older, you don't hear as well. I can't hear things as well. What? I have to. I said I can't hear things as well. I'm sorry. Could you repeat that? I didn't hear what you were saying. I said I can't hear things as well as I used to. It's to the left. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. You know, that's. But that's what they're pointing out is like the paparazzi would take something like that and spin it to be like, they yelled at this guy. Yeah. And like those those did. situations are noisy. I can't. Uh, I can't see Tom Hanks getting all uh, no yelly. No, not him. No. Uh, soprano star Michael Imperioli is cool about posing per- for pictures with fans, but there's one thing he won't do, even if he asked nicely. Whack a guy. Yeah. Well, I guess you can't. He'll do. He'll take care of that. He says, "Quote: Some people want to take a picture with me, pretending I have a gun to their head, and I will never do that. I'll strangle them, but not put a gun to their head." Oh, well, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm glad you draw the line at which violence you, which violent act you're going to kill somebody with. <laughs> could you? All right, Michael. Here, here's what I want you to do. Uh, I want you to shove me in the trunk of a car. Could you do that? Yeah, yeah. Could you do that? Could you tie me up and? Uh, could you? Could you yeah, tie me up in a bag and then dump me off the side of a boat? Could you? Could you run one of my hands through a meat grinder like you did in that one episode? <laughs> okay. Say cheese. They, you know, th- that's like so hypocritical that you would say something like that. Oh, I'm not going to put a gun to your head because I have this hang up about gun violence, but <laughs> I will show everybody how I can strangle you to death like I, I did many times in that show. I will, however, take a baseball bat to your kneecaps. Yeah, baseball bat to the kneecaps. But not shooting. Please don't yeah, shoot anybody. That's, that's just not me. It's yeah, not who I am. That's just not the violent guy I want to go for. I like other violence. Yeah, I want animated violence. I want, I want you to suffer. I don't want you to just die after a bullet. You know, come on. <laughs> I, want, I want my violence to have warning track power. Yeah, right. <laughs> 
The DC Universe has been treading water for years, but all the buzz seems to indicate The Flash is going to turn things around. And yesterday, director Andy Muschietti uh, spoiled a major cameo that's guaranteed to put butts in the seats. You ready? I'm ready. Superman played by Nicolas Cage. Shut yeah. the front door. Muschietti says uh, Nick was absolutely wonderful, although the uh, role was a cameo. He, dro- he dove right into it. I dreamt all my life to work with him. Really? That was your dream to work with Nicholas Nicolas Cage? Cage? Really? I would say... Uh, I want to aim a little higher in that one, don't you think? Uh, somebody else that was... Uh, I, I, Nick Swardson would be a better choice than <laughs> Nick Cage. He's funny, at least. Yes, he know? is. And uh, let's see. Uh, Kim Kardashian opened up about the Pete Davidson split and said it made her very, very sad. Really? Just had something to say. She said, oh my God, the last time I opened up for anything was when I gobbled Ray J's foam on the dome in that sex tape you can purchase on YouPorn for thirty nine ninety five. I have no idea what that means. Oh, I never got that. Oh, Caitlin? Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm, <laughs> I'm just trying to interject myself. Well, I never got that. I knew what you were going to ask, and I knew what you uh, <laughs> right, okay. I never got that down and dirty with Mother Chris Kim, but I once played Park the Poipus. I cattle prodded the oyster ditch. Uh, what are you trying to say? What I'm trying to say is we did some gardening. I planted a ficus in the front yard and a gum tree in the back. <laughs> well, that's good. I think it's gum. <laughs> I had no idea you had such a green thumb. Uh, well, yes, I did. It's actually brown uh, <laughs> from all the uphill gardening I've been doing. And that is your Hollywood trash on Rock 102. I am. I'm here with Victor from Aquapump. And- Pizza ovens and Traeger wood-fired grills. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? You know, over the years, the New England Patriots have been accused of a lot of things. Cheating, deflating footballs, running up scores during blowout victories, videotaping the New York Jets as if there's something to learn from doing so. Oh, my God, the list goes on and on. However, I think the nine conference championships and the six Lombardi trophies sitting in Robert Kraft's curio cabinet, the critics just wouldn't settle down and stop complaining about it. Well, that's much easier said than done. Yesterday, MSN.com came up with the inflammatory headline, the New England Patriots appear to be cheating again. Now, I happen to be curious uh, sort of guy, so I read this story hoping to see what sort of egregious action the Patriots are being accused of. As it turns out, the Patriots are not being accused of cheating. They have, however, been found in violation of off-season rules, resulting in the NFL taking away two days of organized team activities. Does that mean they were cheating? No. In fact, the nature of the violation has not been publicly disclosed. They could have done anything. They could have started OTAs too early. They could have ended OTAs a little bit too late. They could have had a player or two mistakenly put on pads during non-contact drills. All of these things are violations. None of them constitute cheating. But in keeping with human nature, a single accusation of suspicious yet unprovable behavior can sometimes stain you for life. Listen, Spygate happened 16 years ago. Deflategate was nine years ago. And here we are, more than a decade later, wondering if the Patriots intentionally violated the designated time limit of a non-mandatory organized team activity like running through a pile of tires or pushing a guy on the sled. If that sounds like cheating to you, then perhaps it's time to rethink our definitions. Because that doesn't sound like cheating that just sounds like a team losing track of time because if i were in that position i probably would have lost a whole lot more than just two days but hey never my yappings what's brought to you by rocky's ace hardware here's some stuff that you could make with your big green egg scallop potatoes 
pretzels, meat pies. Who does not love a meat pie? You just thought it was a grill. Think again. These recipes and dozens more are available on the Big Green Egg website. Wood charcoal fired, the Big Green Egg from Rockies is the pinnacle of outdoor cookery. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock 102. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock at 612 in the cars with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Uh, sunny today with a high of 68. Uh, tomorrow, sunny with a high of 72. It's uh, 45. Actually going to be a nice Memorial Day weekend. Looking forward to that. Huh? Yeah, the, week, the, the weather looks fantastic. Uh, yeah, it looks great. Uh, continuing on with the saga coming out of East Hampton, uh, Mass Live put this up yesterday. And a matter of fact, I think I saw it in the Daily Hampshire Gazette and uh, all that stuff. They released the email. I don't know who they is, uh, but somebody released the email that uh, Dr. Perone wrote, um, you know, which was the email surrounding the controversy where he addressed them as ladies. And uh, they published it online yesterday. And it almost, like, the way they kind of publish these things, it's like some sort of gotcha. Oh, uh, well, let's just put this uh, letter out there and uh, show everybody. Uh, <laughs> everything on this letter is exactly the way Dr. Perone described it without anything in front of us to, to cross-check. Yeah. He told, he told the truth. He told the truth while he was sitting here in this studio and uh, unfolded that whole story. Here. Now, I, I read this last night as yeah. I'm going through it. My, my first thing is, okay, what could I grab out of this that I would be offended by? Yeah. I looked at all three of the provisions that he talks about. I looked at how he addressed uh, the people yeah. who, was, who were receiving this. Yeah. And even after... Uh, all was said and done, and I read through it. I'm going, I still don't get it. Yeah, I don't get it either. I, 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 I still don't understand where this is coming so, from. I'm gonna I'm gonna read this uh, story from Mass Live. It's been two months since East Hampton Superintendent Candidate Vito Perone was offered the top job with the school district, only to have the offer later rescinded. Perone has said over his use of the word "ladies" in an email to school officials. East Hampton is still looking for a superintendent, and multiple school committee members resigned over the decision to rescind the job. The email addressed to school committee chairwoman Cynthia Kwasinski and the board's executive assistant Suzanne Colby on March 29th led to a debate over the word, which was characterized as a microaggression and unprofessional. Perone's email made three requests regarding contract negotiations and also offered an apology for delaying the answering of the school committee's offer. The committee had uh, police perform a wellness check on Perone after he did not answer his phone late during the evening. The decision was made, uh, and police went to Perone's home just after midnight on March 24th. Because, you know, <laughs> we can't wait till yeah, the I mean, morning. I mean, anybody waiting to hear from about a, uh, a job yeah. offer is going to be up all night waiting for the answer. Yeah. So here is, here is the email that I will read, uh, you know, in full. It says, uh, subject, con contract negotiation. Ladies, good evening. I pursued the contract or per, perused, perused perused the contract uh, and have three requests. Number one, bullet three, compensation. I was told that the $151,000 initial salary was non-negotiable, and I understand the rationale behind the decision, so I request that the last sentence of the bullet be read as follows. The annual salary for fiscal years 2025 and 2026 shall be negotiated, but not sh shall not be less than a cost of living adjustment, or otherwise known as a COLA, of 3% and 3% respectively for the final two years of the contract. Bullet 12. 
uh, annual vacation days. Instead of 26 vacation days, I request 30 vacation days, effective July 1st, of each contract year with all other contract language remaining the same. Bullet 13, six days. I worked for six years in the EPS uh, and accrued a reasonable number of days in sick time. I request 40 sick days effective July 1st of the first year of my contract and 18 days effective July 1st of each contract year thereafter with all the other contract language uh, remaining the same. All other language and provisions are acceptable to me. Thank you. And he writes, Vito. And then, P.S., please accept my sincere apologies for the delay in answering my phone on the night of 323. I was exhausted by the intensity of the day's activities and stayed up until 1015 before falling asleep. I thought I had my phone on ring but failed to realize it was not. At least we all have a, quote, funny story uh, to tell of the EPD doing a wellness check on me and me calling you after midnight on 324. That was the end of the email. At the end of the email, and again, now, as, I, as I read through it last night, I'm trying to imagine yeah. what could possibly have gone wrong in this email. I have no idea who put this email out there for for everybody to see, but it is public information anyway because you can file a request for that stuff. This is normal stuff, and when you look at it, I think the average person would be like, well, who the hell would want to take that many sick days? And that starts getting into your head. But the, pro- but the, but the problem is, this is what negotiations are. Right. He's not asking for anything that they wouldn't give anybody, any other superintendent. And frankly, he was asking because he had previously worked at the school for the thing. But this has nothing to do with what he was asking for. Because when they came out of that executive session and told him the only reason that they were rescinding the offer was because of this microaggression and Mayor LaChapelle was the one who changed her vote, who said she was a lawyer and, uh, you know, this uh, she knows this kind of thing or whatever right. the paraphrasing of that was. But, you know, that's what the point is of this. They didn't tell him anything else. You can't go after the fact and go... Well, he was asking for all this stuff, and that made us really uncomfortable. But that's not what you told him, and that's the illegal part that you did. That you're right. That is the illegal, the illegal part. But even if that were not the case, yeah, the kinds of things you're asking for. Now, you may say, "Well, who needs a who needs a, a cola if you're making one hundred fifty-one thousand dollars a year?" Yeah. Understand that in the state of Massachusetts. That position as superintendent of schools, he's got time accrued yeah. from being in the school system for years, which means it's a cut in pay from him being the interim superintendent in West Springfield to take this job right. in East Hampton. Asking for a 3% COLA is the kind of thing that you negotiate. Yeah. It's, there's nothing wrong with asking for it. You may not get it, but you can ask. Same thing yeah. with the vacation days. They accrue vacation days. They accrue uh, sick time. These are not, and and both of those items are are also open to negotiation as well. If they had a problem with any of those provisions and said we're not going to negotiate these things, that would have ended that conversation. Yes, it would have. They still had offered him the job, right? And they took it away, and then claimed, "Well, it's you know, it's the microaggression that did yeah. it, not not about the perfectly reasonable things that you're asking for to start off a negotiation and a contract we've already given you." I, uh, I again, I'm I'm curious to find out because because I will. Who uh, who put this out there? 
in an attempt to you know what I really want to see I want to see the minutes of that executive session and that's going to take a while because it takes a while for that kind of thing to to get through the system when you're I don't even know how that works part of me believes yeah, yeah. that they will say oh well we didn't take minutes because uh, we didn't think yeah. we had to it was a private conversation amongst uh, people in yeah. that committee and yeah. you won't see that information well I'm pretty sure all those zoom meetings are recorded too like those are saved and they're put like well the public ones are put on YouTube yeah I can't imagine that you wouldn't record the other ones for public record but if you're having a private discussion yeah that's not going to be recorded or yeah. released do you think the lawyer who runs East Hampton knows that <laughs> again yeah. just because you are a lawyer doesn't mean you graduated at the top of your class you know and and, and for all in t uh, people who live in tents and uh, love to swim with porpoises, porpoises right uh, is it porpoises or porpoises porpoises porp por porpoises right for all those people uh, who say, uh, you know, uh, like my, there was a person who took me to task on why am I bringing up the fact that Nicole LaChapelle had a racist incident with a bunch of students last year. Right. That's, I was told that story is dead and old and you're barking up a tree and you're using whataboutism to get your way. That's what I was told. Yeah. I don't find that, I find it very much relevant to this particular situation and i'll tell you why because when somebody does something like she did where she misspoke if you will in front of a bunch of kids and said to said told a student that her voice doesn't sound white you were then able to apologize for that people forgave you and you were able to handle the entire situation with grace and you moved on with your life right right and then you are the one, the sole one, to make the decision to rescind a job offer because you feel that this person isn't being professional and is being insulting. And you're not willing to accept any apology on his side. Right. Right. And that's why it's relevant. That is why that is relevant. You're making, you're a person in a position of power. And she has a lot of power up there. Yeah, She's a she very popular mayor among certain people groups of people but she's uh <laughs> especially some of the ones that we've talked but to. you made a moral decision and you you yourself were allowed to have all those things and then you made yeah. this moral decision to take it away from this guy that's why it's important yeah. the accommodations that applied to me apply to nobody else but me and in a similar situation yeah. where someone is uh you know is is suffering because yeah. of something small and uh you know, they may not even realize they may have offended anybody yeah it's the same kind of thing you offended somebody and an apology was fine he offended somebody and apology is not even not even accepted yeah. so uh yeah I, I would love for for mayor la chapelle to answer the call and come on the show and we'll talk all about this but i don't think she's available well she's already ducked you once yeah she's taken softballs from <laughs> uh from other people 623 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Get your steals classic rock at 628. And Tom Petty with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Mostly sunny today with a high of 68. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 73. It's 45 right now in downtown Springfield. Uh, very quickly, uh, Baxi's musical podcast this week. My guest is Richie Faulkner from uh, Judas Priest. Really cool interview. Guy nearly died on stage 
about a year and a half ago, and he's back uh, in action with a brand new record and getting ready to go on tour with Judas Priest sometime next year. And then uh, my guest next week is going to be Glenn Matlock from the Sex Pistols. He's got a brand new record out. It's actually really, really good. You can hear that on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and rock102.com. All right. You ready to laugh? I am. All right. Here we go. It's Bex and Nagel's joke of the day. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown. I amuse you. On Rock 102. I make you laugh. Springfield's <laughs> classic rock. What's the difference between a parallel parker and my dad? <sighs> I don't know, Steve. What's the difference between a parallel parker and your dad? A parallel parker knows how to pull out. <laughs> you see? Yeah. Should have stopped that accident from <laughs> yeah, happening years oh, ago. Yeah. Years ago. <laughs> 632 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It's time for news. Brought to you by Gary Rome Hyundai. Go to Gary Rome Hyundai today. Get 0% financing on select models. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Thanks, uh, Banks. The motorcycle operator that died in a crash on 991 in West Springfield Tuesday has been identified. According to the Mass State Police uh, spokesperson David Procopio, 24-year-old Edwin Perez of Chicopee died due to his injuries after crashing on the northbound side of I-91 just past exits 10A and 10B in West Springfield. The motorcycle was the only vehicle involved in the crash. However, state police say two additional and separate multi-vehicle crashes involving a total of five crashes took place shortly after 7 a.m. in the same area. Three people were taken to Bay State Medical Center in Springfield with minor injuries. The cause of the crash is being investigated by Troop B of the Mass State Police and the State Police Crime Scene Services Section and the State Police Detective Unit for Hamden County. Springfield man uh, out on bail for firearms charges was arrested again Tuesday for possession of a firearm. Hmm. Hmm. What are they? What are the odds of that? I don't know. According to the Springfield Police spokesman Ryan Walsh, detectives from the Firearms Investigation Unit, or the FIU, uh, take away the I. No, what does that? Uh, what does that leave you with? A, uh, a U and an F, and, a, and a, some parentheses. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, uh, received information that 28-year-old David Beetle of uh, Springfield was in possession of a firearm around 10:30 p.m. on Tuesday. Officers performed a search warrant at his home on Brandon Avenue and found a loaded firearm. Breedle is currently out on bail from firearms charges from May of 2020 when he and two other suspects were arrested. Beetle's bail for that case was initially at $25,000 but reduced to $2,500, which was posted in July of 2020. May of 2020? That was three years ago. I mean, is this guy getting beyond that now? I mean, are we still... Trying to punish him for old problems. Well, that's kind of like uh, this is this is what I'm trying to. Uh, now, now you're barking up the wrong tree. This is what somebody told me. You're using what aboutisms? Uh, what yeah, about that yeah, other uh, incident yeah. that he had uh, three years ago? That has no relevance to this case. <laughs> Listen, uh, Your Honor, I, I my my last gun charge was a three full years ago. Lots happened in three years. Uh, he has, I have new reasons to be playing with guns. So not only that, he's been indicted on those charges, and he's been arrested two times since then, including one probation violation. He was arraigned on Wednesday on new firearms charges and is being held until a dangerousness hearing can be held. Does it even make a difference at this point? <laughs> uh, he's got all these charges against him, drug charges, uh, convicted uh, felony of a firearm, yada, yada. Walsh says uh, Beetle has more than 10 conviction convictions, including armed assault to rob, breaking and entering, and assault and battery with a dangerous weapon. Springfield Police Superintendent Cheryl Claproot stated, it's just astounding that the suspect who has quite a lengthy criminal record is now arrested three times while his illegal firearm case is pending, and just now he is considered potentially dangerous. 
I mean, I know she's not jo- joking there. Right. It sounds like a joke because it's like who in their right mind would let this guy out when he was already dangerous to begin with? Yeah, see, that's the thing. It's like uh, if I'm dangerous three years ago, am I still dangerous today? Yes. Really? Especially if you've gotten arrested three times since the last well, time. I mean, you know, you know how that goes. I mean, uh, maybe, maybe they're hiring, every, uh, firing, uh, maybe they're arresting everybody with a yeah. previous gun charge that day. She also said the suspect has no regard for the law or the safety of our citizens, and we'll be paying attention to see if he's held. I'd also like to thank the Firearms Investigation Unit for arresting the suspect again and again with illegal uh, guns. The unit uh, continues to do exemplary work, having seized 70 illegal firearms so far this year. It's kind of like playing a video game where you think you've cleared a level and you're still like the bad guys are still coming out from the side. Yeah, Yeah. can't, can't uh, can't keep up with them. Mayor uh, Dom Dom says, great work by brave and dedicated men and women of the Springfield Police Department as they continue to keep our residents and communities safe by taking yet another gun off the streets and rearresting this individual on another illegal gun charge. These dingbats keep coming out of that court system. Well, I mean, listen, uh, try to put yourself in this guy's shoes. I mean, three years ago. What were you doing three years ago? Uh putting a mask on my face, trying not to get any diseases from you or that other guy that was here. Are you doing that today? No. Your mind has changed. Now, if something, if you had to go to a doctor's I, office well, and they said your masks are mandatory, you'd have to put the mask on. I had a dangerousness hearing. There's, there's nothing dangerous about you. Yeah. Yeah, there is. I had a cellmate <laughs> uh, locked in a holding cell yeah, for six months. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, it's just these people keep getting out over and over and over again. I can see where the mayor's frustrated on that, and so is the police commissioner. Well, the too. police, the, the the police are angry about it because it's like you know, some of these guys they all know each other by they're all on a first name mm-hmm. basis. Hey, uh, yeah, they're like, yeah, hey, Ned, hey, how are you? Bill? How's the wife, Ned? No, yeah. she's terrific. How's your girlfriend doing? She's fantastic. All right, well, uh, turn to the left. No, no, uh, no, uh, carnation creamer. Oh, all the carnations creamers out of the coffee pot. Well, sorry, we haven't had anybody to go get some. I mean, you took the last one a week ago when you were in here. Is it like uh, the coffee machine at the jail is kind of like a like a dirty old gas station coffee machine? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, like it's never been washed. Uh, you like walk into a, like a service center where it's nothing but greasy men working, uh, you know, with the wrenches, like a real auto shop, not like uh, you know, yeah, one, one of right. these fake ones. Uh, you you go into the real auto shop, and then like everything is outdated, and then the coffee machine is probably from like the first Mister Coffee <laughs> was there with all the scales on the side of the glass. Yep, that's good stuff. Yeah, that's good. It's like drinking tar in the morning. That's that's what it's like at the jail with all your buddies. What do you pour me another slice? Yeah, pour me another slice. <laughs> pour me another slice of that coffee. Can you take a knife and just? Top off the frog. Maybe, just a, maybe a, a, a small schmear. A uh, Holyoke man has been charged with the murder of a Chicopee man following a shooting on Lyman Street. According to Hamden DA, uh, Tur- Hamden District Attorney Jim Lydon, uh, 34-year-old James Carmanati of Holyoke was arrested on Friday and has been charged with murder. He was arraigned and is currently being held without the right to bail. On Saturday, May 13th, Around 1.32 a.m., Holyoke police were called to the 100 block of Lyman Street. Uh, following a shot spotter activation, when officers arrived, they found 27-year-old Jessel Camacho of Chicopee lying on the sidewalk with a gunshot wound. Camacho died from those injuries. 
Carmen Eddy was uh, privately taken to Holyoke Medical Center and was treated for a gunshot wound shortly after the shooting. Several days later, police obtained a arrest warrant for Carmen Eddy as the suspect in the deadly shooting. He's due back in court on June 15th. Nurses and others who have campaigned for years to keep a mental health unit open in Greenfield are claiming victory after Bay State Health announced plans to open a new facility in Holyoke this summer and keep the Greenfield operation running. The Massachusetts Nurses Association on Tuesday said the Bay State Franklin said the unit Frank Bay State Franklin Medical Center employs about 60 people and offers care at a location that is close to the homes of patients it serves. On Monday, Bay State Health announced that it expects to complete the construction of its Valley Springs Behavioral Health Hospital, a joint venture with LifePoint, by the end of June, and that the Holyoke facilities is scheduled to open on August 15th. Well, finally, we're keeping mental health. Uh... <sighs> you know, it's distressing when you hear about some facilities closing down because, you know, you can't have it both ways. You can't argue that, you know, we need uh, better health, you know, mental health care. I mean, we need better health care in this country, but we're going to ignore the, the needs of mental, he- uh, right. mental health, too. And these things are the first and, and these facilities are the first things closed, you know, when there's a when there's a budget crunch. You know, they, they're, those are the first ones that are expendable as far as yeah. hospitals are concerned, when they may, in fact, be among one of the most important facilities in the entire system. Probably more important than uh, some of the elective surgery stuff that people, you know, centers that, you know, if you have elective surgeries, that can be done. That should be the thing that should be done far away. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're not, uh, you know, life-saving surgeries or life-saving mental health care should be available to everybody. Yeah, we, uh, we have a tendency to discount the importance of it. Uh, a man from southern Illinois named Timothy Baggett is facing charges after he stole a construction vehicle and drove it into the airport to catch a flight. <laughs> it happened last week. Airport officials called the police after they saw a backhoe parked in the airport lot and thought it seems suspicious. Gee, what seems suspicious about it? <laughs> it's hard to get through that garage, too. Yeah, because you know? he's scraping the, uh, yeah, right. the low-hanging uh, ceiling. Security footage showed Timothy driving up in the backhoe, pulling into a parking spot, then hopping out and calmly walking into the airport with a guitar on his back. This guy had it all figured out. Turned <laughs> out he stole the backhoe from a construction site and drove it 10 miles to get there. Wow, he really needed to get to the airport. Uh, what's the top speed on a backhoe? Maybe 15? Like, <laughs> especially when you're driving it down the road. I mean, you, you might be able to beat it with a brisk walk. Uh, you know how uncomfortable that ride is for 10 miles? Oh, I know. All along? Now, what if you're in one of those things and you hit the rumble strips on the side of the highway? Is it, like, extra shaky? Oh, my God. It must feel like you're sitting on a, on a juicer. He's already caught a flight to the West Coast. He already caught a flight to the West Coast by the time the police showed up. This guy was... Who... What kind of police force is going on here? This guy drives 10 miles to the airport in a stolen backhoe, gets on a plane, even after somebody sees him getting out of it. And Oh, I'm sorry. He already went to California. Sorry. <laughs> Well, well, let me ask the important question. Yeah. Was it a direct flight? It must have been. Cops tracked him down in Nevada, and he's facing charges for theft in excess of $10,000. Wow. People do crazy things, I guess. That's that's still cheaper than the flight. It probably was still cheaper. It was probably still cheaper than the Uber. (laughs) You know, the Ubers are pretty expensive now. They used to be cheap. Yeah. And now they're just as much as the cab is. So maybe he was doing the right thing. Well, I, I'm gas. renting a car next week. I'm going to go out of town for a couple of days. 
I'm renting a car for two days, yeah, uh, much, for three days. How much they bang you for that? Oh, dude, you didn't even want to know. It, it, it's it's <laughs> no, I, ridiculous. Would, would you mind telling me, or is it uh, is it something <sighs> you don't want to talk about? I would have to look. Uh, you're look embarrassed to how much you just. Spent. I'm a little embarrassed by how much I had to spend, and yeah. I don't, off the top of my head, remember what it was. The, the The rental car was probably the cheapest thing that I got. Yeah. In the uh, in the bundle that I uh, got on uh, Expedia. The hotel really was outrageous, but yeah. so was every other hotel room in the area. It was like a couple of years ago. I was thinking about flying down to South Carolina yeah. instead of driving, and then I looked at the price of a rental car for a week was like twelve hundred dollars <laughs> for a for a tiny car, like not yeah. even like like. Twelve hundred bucks. I could see if you're getting like a Yukon for the for the weekend yeah. or whatever, but. Twelve hundred bucks for seven days in a like a Pinto. I got a I got a I got a junky economy car because yeah I mean what's the there's there's no point in trying to impress everybody with the rental I got you know there's no point in that so you're I'm confident might, in your manhood that you can drive one of those things aren't you? Well I'm gonna I'm gonna park far away from the activity <laughs> so no one sees me getting in and out of it but uh but I don't even I don't even remember the cost but I just remember like looking at yeah. at all the hotel rooms in, in the city and going. If I don't do this now, you got you got to get it. I'm I'm going to get completely boxed out cuz there's lots of activities going on in that city that, that weekend. Yeah. And uh oh, it just I was <laughs> like what the hell is going on here? Your uh Pioneer Valley forecast today going to be sunny with a high of 68 tomorrow, sunny with a high of 73. It's 46 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel and that's the news on Rock 102. I Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock at 652. And the Allman Brothers with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Uh, it is going to be sunny today with a high of 69, giggity. I, see, somebody asked me, uh, can we just move the temperature up a degree or two uh, or down if it's near 69 so I can say the giggity part when I do that? So it is 68, but I'm going to say 69, giggity. See, I saw yeah. sixty nine, so I yeah, yeah, that's that's the one <laughs> I would go with. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, tomorrow, Sunday, in a high of seventy three. It's forty six right now in downtown Springfield. The uh, big bonk and smoke is returning to the log cabin Wednesday, June twenty first. Write that down in your calendar because it's always a great time. Tickets are on sale now. You can enjoy a fun night out with the the likes of us and other people who work here and other listeners for a beautiful night out amongst the uh, the views of Mount Tom breathtaking and not just because there's cigar smoke everywhere it's just a beautiful place to be uh hanging out your mission includes a few cigars from the cigar room to an agawam a t-shirt from uh, gg inks custom printing and a premium food spread that is fantastic with hors d'oeuvres and dinner and dessert details and tickets available at rock102.com they can be also be purchased in person at the cigar room to an agawam cigar smoking is not a safe alternative to cigarettes you must be over 21 with a positive id tenter it's the big bonk and smoke june 21st at the log cabin brought to you by dave minor exterior home improvements aqua pump and rock 102 springfield's classic rock uh, a little follow-up on a story we did uh, yesterday. Remember we were talking about we had played during Now Here, this the guy getting his arm bit off by the alligator? Yeah. Uh, so we found out his name and, you know, all this other stuff now. Uh, he, This guy, a 23-year-old guy in Florida named Jordan Rivera is in the news after losing his arm to an alligator on Sunday. He was outside of a bar in Port Charlotte. Uh, There's a pond out back, and that's where it all happened. He remembers falling down, and then he woke up in the hospital. It turned out a 10-foot gator got him, but people at the bar made a tourniquet and saved his life. 
He did an interview from his hospital bed and was surprisingly upbeat about the whole thing. Quote, I lost an arm. It's not the end of the world. He just feels uh, lucky to be alive. Okay, I, I can understand uh, being grateful that you didn't uh, lose your life, but, you know, it's it's your arm, dude. I mean, yeah. that's, uh, you know, it's kind of nice to have two. What are you, you going to do now? Uh, join a Def Leppard cover band. <laughs> Someone started a GoFundMe to help cover his medical bills. If you want to donate, his campaign is called "Help Jordan and His Family." That how's shouldn't have been. That should have been. It should have been a better title yeah. for that. Now this guy was in a bar, so I mean, how's yeah. he going to open up his booze bottles now? Well, you do it with your teeth. It's you amazing. You knock your teeth out. Well, it's like uh, when somebody loses one sense or one ability, the other abilities become uh, better. Maybe he can uh, crack a crack a bottle top with his teeth. I like to see that. Uh, he's already raised about eighteen thousand out of his fifty thousand dollar goal. Uh, in just a couple of days, wow. which is pretty good. Uh, the only thing that really seemed to bug him was a rumor that he was dumb, that he and he went out back to feed the alligator. He says he was just uh, out there trying to use the bathroom, and the rumor is not true at all. Technically, though, he did feed the alligator. <laughs> <laughs> he, he fed him his arm. I mean, that's uh, yeah. that's different than getting like uh, you know. Uh, Alligator chow from Purina. I don't want anybody to think I'm stupid that I went out there to feed the alligator. I just went out there to pet its nose. <laughs> How's, How, that doesn't sound so stupid not now. dumb at all. <laughs> it's, it's 656 yeah. at Bax and Nagle and Rock 102. And now, Bax's View from the Couch, brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware, your grilling headquarters, Weber, Big Green Egg, Uni Pizza Ovens, and Traeger Wood-Fired Grills. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? As you know, the world of social media is a festering cesspool of human ignorance and bad decisions. It's what makes it so much damn fun. However... We've always, as we've already discussed this week, there are some people who simply A, do not know how to keep their hurtful opinions to themselves, and B, do not understand that their verbal deficiencies combined with a lack of impulse control can often result in a great number of misunderstandings which ultimately lead to unwanted consequences. For example, look at John Morant of the Memphis Grizzlies. Not too long ago, people were surprised to see Ja on Instagram hanging with a friend at a Denver area strip club while waving around a loaded firearm. Which is ridiculous because if a lady is willing to dance in front of your face for a dollar bill, a gun selfie doesn't necessarily result in a better dancing performance. After being suspended for eight days from that situation, John Moran found himself in trouble again, hanging out with the same friend and the same gun, posting video on the same Instagram account. Yesterday, while still serving an indefinite suspension, Police in Memphis check in on on John Morant to conduct a wellness check after he had posted some cryptic Im- uh, messages on Instagram where he appears to be saying goodbye to loved ones as if to suggest that he was in danger of self-harm. When people arrived, I mean when police arrived, it was discovered that John Morant was not in fact in any danger of harming himself, but rather this was his way of saying that perhaps it's time to take a break from posting stuff on social media. Folks, If you have to go on to social media to tell your followers that you need a break from social media, there's a chance your shameless need for superficial validation is much worse than you think. Because people who are through with Instagram and Twitter don't announce they're quitting to their 9.7 million followers. They just simply quit and focus on other things. This guy, on the other hand, says goodbye and waits for the comments to roll in. That's not scaling back. 
That's a guy who can't let it go, even if his promising basketball career gets destroyed along the way. But hey, enough of my yappin' sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Hey, anyone around here know anything about grills? There's a trained grill expert at every Rocky's Ace Hardware location. In Palmer, for example, it's Jeffrey. Jeffrey's a guy you need to talk to if you're looking at either a Weber or a Big Green Egg or a Traeger Wood Fire Grills, the Uni Pizza Oven, and introducing the Blackstone Outdoor Griddles. You'll find them all at your neighborhood Rocky's Ace Hardware. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock at 710 in Aerosmith with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It is uh, going to be uh, sunny today with a high of 69, giggity. Tomorrow. See what I did there? Yeah, I saw what you did there. Uh, sunny with a high of 73. It's 46 right now in downtown Springfield. So I saw this article uh, this morning. I actually thought it was uh, pretty interesting. Apparently, uh, United Van Lines has been doing this uh, tracking survey for like the last 45 years to figure out you know, what states are people moving into and what states are people moving out of? Mm-hmm. Uh, and the story goes, Boston, from uh, from from Boston to the Berkshires, Massachusetts is wicked awesome. Uh, Rebecca Connell thinks so, married mother of two from Virginia, who thought she might find a, a better life here in Massachusetts, are leaving after 12 years. Uh, her family loves the outdoors, but they're building a home in Vermont uh, because the land it's plentiful and the mortgage will actually be less than the rent of their crappy apartment in Roxbury. Uh-huh. Uh, she says Massachusetts is expensive. Not to say Vermont is less expensive, but you get more for what you pay. United van lines again, tracking for the last 45 years, Massachusetts ranks seventh on the top 10 list of the most moved from States. Four of those of the top 10 are in the Northeast, but Massachusetts is number Seven behind uh, New Jersey, Illinois, New York, Michigan, Wyoming, Pennsylvania, yeah. then Massachusetts. Well, and then uh, Nebraska, Louisiana, and California follow after that. That's right. Now, Massachusetts apparently, this is according to the uh, the United Van Lines uh, survey, has a fifty six percent outbound rate. That means for every one hundred people that come and go, fifty six are leaving, and only forty four are coming in. Uh, the company also surveys customers about why they're grabbing the bo- moving boxes. And uh, when it comes to the actual statistics, this is what it says. 36% say they wanted to move closer to family. And that can be anywhere. Okay. 26% mention a new job. 22% cite retirement. 18% said they were looking for a better lifestyle. And 11% said it was about the cost of living. That's a lot lower than I would have expected on that. Exactly. The cost of living thing would be, I mean, you know, it, even it's around, it's not just in a Boston metro area. It's around here, too. Rents are ridiculously high for people who just, you know, you're making, uh, it's hard to find an apartment for less than 1500 bucks for like, let's say oh, you yeah. have a two bedroom. You know what I mean? Without a, without question, very hard to find that now. So here's so here's the thing. The the uh, I just looked this up. The medium the median cost of a house in the United States is about three hundred seventy five thousand dollars. The median cost of a house in Massachusetts is just over five, but in Springfield it's about two hundred fifty thousand dollars. So I mean, it's not a, like a statewide type of thing where you could say, well, everything in Massachusetts is is grossly inflated. There are ways of getting around. Uh, you know, paying top dollar to live. Springfield is a pretty reasonable cost, you know, your place to live. But when you look at uh, you know some of the other states involved here, I mean, yeah, 
who the hell would want to live in New Jersey or Illinois or New York? Well, yeah, but I mean, it depends on, you know, what what is your perception of what New Jersey is? Well, I mean, uh, I, I uh, you know, I've driven through, uh, say, like Elizabeth, New Jersey. Yeah, I see, see like a lot of uh, that's where your railroad you know, containers stacked on high. You know, uh, there. I mean, yes, it's a very heavily populated New York. It's part of the New York City metro area in yeah. that location. But there are actually some really beautiful parts of New Jersey that people don't. And I think a lot of people live out in those rural areas yeah. there. I, I've heard a lot of people say that the Jersey yeah. Shore is absolutely breathtaking. And I've seen the TV show. you got to yeah, be absolutely see, right about see, that's that. See, that was Seaside Heights. Nobody goes to Seaside Heights. You know what we went to Seaside Heights for? No. Uh, for my dad to go, you stay away from these people down here in Seaside Heights. You don't want to go down there. Now let's get a sausage sandwich. Now the, the top 10 states where people yeah. are moving into Vermont is on the top of the list, followed by Oregon, Rhode Island, yeah. South Carolina, Delaware, North Carolina, Washington, D.C., South Dakota, New Mexico, and Alabama. One of the things that they're citing is that people are, when they decide to move out of a larger city, they uh, you know, people who are more you know, prone to want to live in a city are choosing smaller cities simply because it's just, it's easier to get around, it's, it's simpler to, to, easier to park a car, it's easier to live, it's less expensive than living in New York City or Boston or Chicago. Yeah, it's just yeah. The, the lifestyle is is different. I just think that's really interesting because I would have thought, like you, when you heard that only 11% are leaving Massachusetts because of the cost of living, I would have thought that that can't be true, that it must be higher than that. Because there's a substantial <laughs> difference between living here and, say, living in certain parts of Ohio. Oh yeah, or you know even you know even you know, or Pennsylvania. Yeah, this, the cost of living is significantly higher, and I don't know why that is. It's just we really like having people pay through the nose to live here. Well, I mean, I think it's uh, it has a lot to do, I think, with population. I think you know the more populated an area is, the more services you're going to need. So the taxes are always going to be higher because right. you need to pay more police officers, you need to pay more teachers, and things like that. All those things that go into your either property taxes or uh, I don't know what other kind of taxes, excise tax, all, and that, all that other good stuff that uh, we like to add here. Car insurance, yeah. Where you might not have that if you moved out to Ohio, but do you have access to all of those things? Yeah, like, they're all there. Uh, but do you though? Because you think about all of the hospitals. Hospitals. That's a huge problem in this country about hospital, rural hospitals closing. Sure, there are people who travel already you know, four hours to get services that we can get right down here in Springfield. So it, you know, here's the yeah. funny part about it. So you know, we moved yeah. our camper out of out of Vermont, okay, yeah. and uh, now in New Hampshire. It's not to say that it's any better or any worse, but at least in New Hampshire, we have access to things like civilization. Where well, we were in Vermont, if we wanted to go to, if, God forbid, one of us got sick and had to go to a hospital, the nearest hospital is North yeah. Adams. It, it, but it's what you're paying for. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like you're you're gonna pay to be you're gonna pay a little bit higher to be around more. These these are all the choices you make. Now, yeah. he, so here's the thing. So you know when I hear about people you know wanting to move out of Massachusetts. So I'm a, I'm a guy that grew up in Massachusetts, went away for a few years, and then relocated back to Massachusetts. I'm at the point now in in my life where when I think of what I'm gonna do down the road. Mm -hmm. 
whether it's whether it's when I retire in 3,021 days or whatever it's going to be. Um, at heart, I think I'm a New Englander mm-hmm. and always have felt that way. The idea of me moving out of New England is a pretty foreign idea to me. Like there's yeah. there's like almost no appeal for me to want to move to a, a different part of the well, country. Uh, I. I I have a different uh, opinion about that. I now I was a I was a transplant. I got here when I was 17 years old. Right. And this is the longest place that I have ever lived. When I was a kid, we moved around a lot. My dad had this railroad job and you know, he's a manager and then we got tra- you know transferred to this place, that place, always in, you know, the chase of better money and all that other good stuff. But we had, you know, I moved quite a bit. We moved from northern New Jersey to southern New Jersey, then to upstate New York, and then finally here for my, you know, as a gift, my dad would give me a senior year of high school. Here, let's take you away from all your friends and put you in a a school that's five times the size of what you were going to, right? Uh, but Dad, I love my friends. I know, but I'm making thirty six cents an more an hour. But but I love this area. I really do. Yeah. I, you know, it, it's it's a place that you know I. I think that's where you kind of, you know, set your roots. Like, you know, when you're – it's not just so much about being a kid here all your life. It's about the connections that you make and the relationships that you build with, with the community and things like that. It's, and also, I, it's I, also the proximity of the things that you grew up loving. Yeah, I, I love living here. I love living in my town, uh, my little small little town of Huntington. I think, uh, you know, we got some – we're very unique in our own little way, yeah, but sure. uh, but but it's it's a great town. It's a great place to raise a family. And the only thing is, I, I know that when I reach retirement age, I'm getting out of here as fast as I possibly can. And it's not that it has anything to do with the people or the or the taxes or the cost of living. Right. It's, I want. I know that when I'm older, I'm going to be looking forward to nicer weather more throughout the year. Than just maybe nine months. Yeah, except I know myself, but I won't want to <laughs> yeah. get outside no matter where I am. So yeah, see, I'm different. Than I, I can adjust the thermostat and be happy in my little condo. Yeah, I, I'm going to move probably to the Carolinas somewhere, just like most of these folks yeah. are doing. I, but, I, I understand that. Yeah, but I also understand the part of because I, I I wanted to mention the difference between like you know living around the Boston area, yeah, living you know east of Worcester as opposed to west of Worcester, because there's a major financial consideration between the two so anytime there's been discussion about whether you bring east west rail yeah through springfield and all the people say well that's ridiculous you know who's going to want to take the train to boston every day i tell you what if it's a matter of paying five hundred thousand dollars for a little tiny house or two hundred and fifty thousand dollars for a a good size house in springfield and you can justify the cost of taking the train because it balances out or you save money by living further west than 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 worcester you know what suddenly train travel in and out of boston does not sound like the dumbest idea in the world plus a lot of people now telecommute so you wouldn't even have to go into boston but you could live in western mass a hell of a lot cheaper than you would 50 miles down the pike yeah so i mean you know there's it all it ultimately works out to where your choices are where you want to establish your roots but you know the idea that people are just dying to get out of Massachusetts and not that many people dying to get in, I think it really depends on where you choose to, to plant yourself. But I also think that goes in cycles, too. 
Oh, you know, yeah. 10 years from now, maybe there'll be like other incentives for people to move back into the state. Well, this this migration yeah. pattern yeah. that the United Van Lines is operating on is a 45-year yeah. tracking right. uh, study. So, I mean, I mean they're looking at all of that all of those types of things and and just you know putting them on a, on a curve to see where things fall. Right. But uh, but w- what I'm saying is eventually it might reverse the other way. Yeah, and you might have more people moving in here, depending on what's uh, being offered. Hey, uh, you know the what the winters are getting a lot warmer around here. Maybe in ten years we'll be it'll be ninety degrees in the middle of February, hey, and uh, they're they're gonna knock down the Eastfield Mall to put in a Chick Fil A. Yeah, why not? That's that should drag him in. Yeah, well, what about those little kiosks where the guy stands out and greets you as you come up <laughs> the I window? Think pre- gonna... I think Springfield will get those too. So, well, there you go. It's seven twenty-two with Bax and Nagel on Rock one hundred two. Springfield. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 729 in the Rolling Stones. Bax and Nagel at Rock 102. It's going to be sunny today with a high of 69. Giggity. Tomorrow, uh, sunny with a high of 73. It's 46 right now in downtown Springfield. 8 o'clock will be the next time you hear the uh, the keyword to cash. Your chance to win $1,000. You'll hear it at 8 o'clock, 11, 2, and 5. Listen for the $1,000 keyword to cash. Then you enter the keyword at rock102.com before midnight for your chance to win. Play every weekday to increase your chances of winning, and it's your chance of putting a thousand bucks in your pocket with the keyword to cash. Brought to you by TextMeForTires.com. Kim Keo, the Nielsen team, Livian Keller Williams, and Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. You know, I'm uh, went to my kids' softball game. Uh, you know, the other night, and I'm sitting there, and I'm uh, listening when well, the kids come up to bat. You know, yeah, the parents start, to, you know, tossing the kid's name out there. You know, like, come on, Mary. Come on, Brody. Whoever, right? Yeah, right. Uh, I still can't, like, with all the kids with the helmets on, sometimes I still can't tell who it is, which kid it is. So I kind of hold back my cheer until I hear somebody else call the name so I don't (laughs) sound like an idiot mistaking the kid for somebody else. Well, you do know which one is your kid, right? My kid. I'm talking about other kids on the team. You know, because oh, yeah. all the other parents support. We you know we support everybody on the team. Sure. And you you give encouragement, even if it's not your kid. They're still part of the team your kid is on. So, sure. So, but I don't yell the kid's name because sometimes I'm like, because I've been wrong before, and I'm like, I'm just gonna hold back now. <laughs> and wait till somebody else says the name, then I'll echo that set uh, sentiment and, and throw it out there as well. That's, that's reasonable. Yeah. So I'm talking to my my uh, my sister uh, the other night, and she was telling me about when 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 her daughter, my niece, was was in softball years ago, that uh, she would offer support as well, and she would sh- you know sometimes show up late to the games because of her work schedule and whatnot, and she'd go there, and she'd go sit down in the stands, and and one time she she started they had their their first names on the back on the back of their jerseys. Okay. Okay. Sure. With, with those initial, you know. Whatever. So uh, she's she's sitting there and she's like, "Come on, Choli! Come on, Choli! Let's go!" And all these parents are looking at her like, "What the hell are you talking about?" <laughs> and then she goes, well, "Choli on her shirt. It's Chloe." <laughs> <laughs> you talk about feeling like a big dumb idiot. <laughs> thought it was Chuli. And I was like, you've never seen that name written before? <laughs> Damn.
We definitely do come from the same twisted gene pool. <laughs> we have news coming up next to Rock 102. Here's your Western Mass News first alert forecast. A cool breeze. Pool, you keep your pool sparkling all summer long with free water testing, 730 Union Street in West Springfield. His local radio icon, Steve Nagel. Thanks, Banks. A Holyoke man has been charged with the murder of a Chicopee man following a shooting on Lyman Street. According to Hamden uh, DA spokesperson Jim Lydon, 34-year-old James Carmenetti of Holyoke was arrested and has been charged with murder. He was arraigned and is currently being held without the right to bail. On Saturday, uh, around 1.32 a.m., Holyoke police were called to the 100 block of Lyman Street following a shot spotter activation. When officers arrived, they found 27-year-old Giselle Camacho of Chicopee lying on the sidewalk with a gunshot wound. Camacho died from his injuries. Carmenetti was privately taken to Holyoke Medical Center and was treated for a gunshot wound shortly after the shooting. Several days later, police obtained an arrest warrant for Carmenetti as the suspect in that shooting. He's due back in court on June 15th. The motorcycle operator that died in a crash on I-91 in West Springfield Tuesday has been identified. According to Mass State Police spokesperson David Procopio, 24-year-old Edwin Perez of Chicopee died due to his injuries after crashing on the northbound side of I-91 just past exits 10A and 10B in West Springfield. The motorcycle was the only vehicle involved in the crash. However, state police say two additional and separate multi-vehicle crashes involving a total of five vehicles took place shortly after 7 a.m. in the same area. The three people were taken to Bay State Medical Center in Springfield with minor injuries. The cause of the crash is being investigated by Troop B of the Mass State Police, the Collision Analysis and Reconstruction Section, and the State Police Detective uh, Unit for the for Hamden County. Uh, speaking of which, motorcycle uh, crash that did turn deadly. An investigation is underway into that. Uh, the National uh, Highway Traffic Safety Administration is reporting that 80% of motorcycle crashes result in injury or death. This is tied to this story mm. as well. Uh, they are on the rise, these uh, motorcycle accidents. And they're just telling people to be more vigilant and be more careful and look twice and make sure. Uh, the, the, the show that always stood out for me was that, uh, you see Brain Games? You ever seen that show? Um, it was on Netflix yeah, years was Netflix ago. Show. And then, yeah. uh, we really got into it. And one of the things that they talked about, about why there are so many motorcycle accidents, especially like in the northern part of the country where – you don't ride motorcycles typically throughout all year long like you would down south. But people's brains are not trained to look for motorcycles because you're constantly looking for vehicles. That's why some people just pull right out because they're expecting a car versus yeah. somebody on a, on, a, on a motorcycle. That's one of the reasons that they explained because your brain... Yeah, doesn't necessarily. I, I, I'm I'm not a motorcycle guy, so I, I can't really say you know you know, who it would be most at fault, whether it's the the, the driver of a car or the rider of a, of a of a bike. Hard to to really say. But I mean, anytime you're driving, you have to be vigilant about what's around you. And too many people are too focused on their phones or mm-hmm. you know what's going on. You 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 eating soup or you know, cooking a meal while they're driving, and they they you know they just lose track of of their uh, the environment they're in right uh three teenagers by the way do not eat soup while you drive i don't think you can eat you mean driving a motorcycle How either one soup driving a motorcycle you know i bought my my uh, my wife uh, for, for a gift she wanted this thing that you know, it inserts into the uh into the cup holder yeah of uh, of your vehicle and basically what it gives you it gives you two more cup holders and uh they're adjustable so if you got like a really big travel mug 
it adjusts to the right size. I like that idea. It's a great idea, right? So it's it was a it was a like a Japanese uh, company that made this, and on the box, uh, on one side they showed like a big you know travel mug of of coffee or liquid or whatever it was, and then on the top of it they showed a bowl of hot ramen noodles. Now I'm thinking. In all the times that I've been hungry in the car, and that happens a lot, I never thought, hey, you know what I could really go for right now? A big steaming hot cup yeah. of delicious ramen. Yeah. Get me a package of top ramen. I'm going to wait three minutes and start making it right here on I-91. Yeah. Uh, uh, making it right here on I-91 and then trying to uh, hold the cup. Yeah, right. With, and and hold, hold the steering wheel with a pinky. Yeah. While I try to blow off the hot or from even the cup. even eating noodles with the sticks. It's like, you know, you want to eat in a, if you want to eat in a more traditional way. Yeah. It's very hard to drive with your knee while you're while you're, you know, eating the noodles. There are a lot of foods that you shouldn't be eating while driving. Yes, you're absolutely right. Like fried chicken. Yeah, fried chicken. I've never chi- eaten a I've never eaten a, fr- a piece of fried chicken without using both hands. Even like uh even like sandwiches. Yep, you know, like I've yep. got, I've gotten uh, those delicious grinders down there, at Richards down there. In oh, fantastic! But I like uh, I like vinegar on mine, and I also like extra mayonnaise on it. Mm-hmm. So the problem is, if you try to eat that while you're driving, it's drippy. It's dripping down, so I like have to wear a bib. Yeah, while I'm doing that. Yes, yeah, you eliminate that whole thing uh, by just not eating while driving. I know it's uh, some, or just at least waiting until you get your your destination to eat. <laughs> but please, yeah. for the sake of the other people on the road, motorcyclists too. Yeah, I don't it, eat your ramen noodles in the car. Anything I eat in the car just uh, automatically transports me back to when I was in a high chair, and you look down on the floor around the kid, <laughs> and there's like goldfish and French fries and all this other stuff. And, that's and, the, and, the, a, that's, and a shirt yeah. full of dipping sauce. That's what the floor of my car looks like. It's just, it's yeah, yeah. yeah a little, oh, there you go, the Chick Fil A oh, sauce yeah. here. Yeah, there you go, good stuff. Uh, three teenagers arrested in Springfield in connection with a uh, stolen car on Marble Street on Wednesday morning. The latest in a pattern, one local lawmaker said, is only made worse by the warm weather. Western Mass News was told there was an uptick of juvenile-involved crime in Springfield, especially when it comes to car break-ins and thefts. Springfield police arrested three teens in connection with the stolen car on Marble Street late Wednesday morning. Officials took the teens into custody after briefly chasing them on foot. They also confiscated a BB gun. Springfield Police Spokesman Ryan Walsh said they previously had uh, caught one of the suspects, 15-year-old, with a machine gun and two other firearms back in February. What? (laughs) What? A machine gun? It's a gift. Uh, There's unfortunately really just a lack of consequences, said Walsh. When you're talking about two months ago, a juvenile was caught with a machine gun and two firearms, and here they are joyriding in a stolen vehicle running from the police. He told us this is just the latest of the growing problem of youth-involved crime in the city. He said most of the city's car break-ins involve young su- young suspects. What we have seen, uh, we've been seeing, is those arrested for these car break-ins or stolen motor vehicles have been juveniles. Said Walsh, a lot of the stolen, a lot of it stems from these Hondas and Kias in that TikTok challenge where uh, people were breaking into those cars. I haven't seen this yet. No, I haven't seen thing. it either. State Representative Carlos Gonzalez uh, said the issue isn't unique to Springfield. From police departments across Western Mass, there seems to be an uptick as the summer months come up. Young kids are getting involved in things that they shouldn't. Walsh blames a lack of consequences for the uptick. It's unfortunate, uh, but somehow, 
with how some of the laws are in the state, kids are sometimes treated with kid gloves when they actually need some consequences to learn about their behavior. Yeah, um, you know, maybe uh, spray painting on the side of a building. Uh, I could see that as, all right, Yeah, you, you little pesky Johnny here. Um because, you know, he's an adorable little scamp. Oh, he is. That, uh, he is. No, God, no question about it. Uh, I could see that being okay. You get a warning this time. When, when you are caught with a machine gun <laughs> and you're 15 <laughs> years old. <laughs> you need you need something you, a little bit more yeah. than, well, that's it. You're not getting any dessert. Yeah, right. You're being, uh, go, to, go to bed without any dinner. You know, the sad reality is the kid probably doesn't even get dinner at home. Right. You know, that's that's the sad reality of, of our society is one of the reasons why this kid may be out on the street running machine guns down. Johnny, what are you doing with this thirty two caliber gun? You go stand in the corner and you think about what you just did. I'm going down to Rifle Street. <laughs> that's where I'm going to. I I'm told gonna you get. we should have moved closer to Marble. Uh, yes, we should have. Uh, the Ludlow School District. Oh, wait. We're actually running out of time here, so we can't really get into this. Yeah. This is uh, 744. All right. Well, we'll find it. We'll, we'll talk we, about that later. Sure. How about that? Uh, sunny and a high of 69, giggity, today. Uh, with a, And tomorrow, sunny with a high of 73. It's 49 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Oh, yeah. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 752 and free. With Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It is going to be mostly sunny today with a high of 69, giggity. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 73, giggity. It's 49, giggity in downtown Springfield. All I just right. wanted to add it all in there. Yeah, no, I understood that. Yeah. Uh, don't forget, uh, after 8 o'clock, I'm, I'm really reminding myself more than any of you, uh, the keyword to cash. We're going to announce the uh, the keyword uh, in just a few minutes, just after 8 o'clock. So, all righty. Prepare yourself for all of that. Well, before you hear that, are you ready to hear this? Now hear this with Bex and Nagel on Rock 102. Again, following up uh, with now audio from the guy who lost his arm during that that gator. Uh, Update on the Florida man who lost his arm to an alligator attack behind a bar. Jordan Rivera is okay healing in a hospital and actually pretty chill about the whole situation. Here he is telling the story of how he lost his arm. I didn't lose my life, lost an arm. It's not the end of the world. They got my elbow, so I don't have an elbow, but I can still move my arm around and whatnot. I just saw a little lake, just trying to go over there and just, you know, take a little pee or whatnot. Something happened where I either tripped or like something, the ground below me kind of just went down and I ended up in the water. And that's literally the last thing I remember. Fusion, I was like, whoa, like I was just, because I woke up and I was just sitting here and I looked over and then I saw my arm the way it was and I was like, ooh. It kind of just feels like my arm just there, but not there. Okay. Um. I kind of get the sense that just hearing this guy talk, he's like one of these guys that actually believes that it might grow back. What he might? He, yes, he does sound yeah, he's like a, uh, he's a that. little bit too uh, flippant but, about the whole thing. It's just an arm; it'll grow back. But not only that, it's almost like he's just trying to deter the fact that I was really hammered. <laughs> because there's really no other explanation other right. than the fact that okay, well, I don't know what I was doing if I was if I was going out to the bathroom or not. Like he didn't know even know what he was doing if he. Right, and even though this is a pretty lucid yeah. uh, statement uh, by this guy, I'm yeah. going to guess that being drunk is kind of his baseline. Yeah, like yeah, that's, yeah, like that's, that's where he starts the day, starts and ends the day. Yeah, he's known as a uh, Jordan Jordan Jagermeister because that he drinks so much Jagermeister, they just named it J- <laughs> Jagermeister after him. Right? Uh, yeah. 
it sounds like he got super drunk. Yep. He didn't know what he was doing, and now he's just trying to go. I don't know what happened. I just went out to go to the bathroom. Yeah, but but completely non, uh, you know, unaffected by the fact he's now missing an arm. Now yeah. he's, now he's got to get tested for Gatorades. Jeez. Yes, you're absolutely you're absolutely right. Right. That should be his main focus. Uh here we go. Oh, it's like a compilation of all her songs. Live. Yeah. Tina Turner, dubbed the queen of rock and roll, died at her home in Switzerland yesterday. She was 83 years old. Good Lord. 83. Yeah, you know what? She uh, had quite a bit of contributions to the uh, music industry throughout her career. Uh, How do you not like or respect Tina Turner? You'd have to be a heartless unfeeling, caring rat bastard to not like Tina Turner. Right. Now, was, uh, she was with the Pointer Sisters, right? No, 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 Steve. That She was with Ike and Tina. Oh, who, what? There were two other people that she was with? No. Oh, no she's the, the, the Tina. She, she's the Tina. Ah, I get you. Part of it. I get you. All right, well, uh, I'm sorry uh, I, I screwed up not knowing. You didn't, you didn't screw up anything, Steve. You're, you're learning. I'm learning. I'm learning uh, all about uh, Tina Turner. I, this is the first time I'm hearing about her yeah. in my entire life. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> Very easy for a guy in his 40s to have completely glossed over her entire enormous career. Well, I, I do smoke a lot of pot. <laughs> I don't really listen to that kind of music while I'm uh, yeah. you're, you know, riding a unicorn through the stars. You know what I'm saying? I, I, yeah. I know. Uh, this weatherman on Today's Show Australia tried to do a live report on a farm, but he kept gagging because of the cattle smell. G'day, Timmy. Beautiful morning there. Oh, it's smelly. <laughs> yes, the air is very fresh here this morning, Carl. I can confirm. My goodness me. We've got some cattle that we're hand for. Sorry. Oh, I've got a case of the gags happening here. But I'm sorry. I am very... I'm such a city slicker because the smell of some of the animals, they're beautiful, but they the smell, I mean... <laughs> This one just keeps turning around on me, and I'm not sure how I feel about. I watched the video, and this guy's like, you know, he's 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 doing very well, like laughing and like yeah. being fun, but you could tell that he just wants to puke his guts out over on the side. Yeah, but yeah. I got a, I have a hard time believing it was the first time he smelled the dairy air. Uh, I'm. Yeah, I'm sure he has. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Because it's a dairy farm. And finally, a Georgia therapy dog named Duck has paved the way for a new vocational training program for students with special needs. Now Duck and eight other dogs are used for students to get certified as therapy dog handlers. Here is specialized instructional teacher Mary Nicoletti talking about the program that was created uh, with the help of uh, Duck the Dog. He had failed out of duck hunting school, and he just failed a little. He failed miserably, like wouldn't fetch, wouldn't retrieve. Failure, more than not, leads to success. To be on the cutting edge, the beginning of something, on your 25th, 26th, 27th year is exciting. It's changed my career. I'm kind of wondering uh, which part of that uh, duck hunt did he fall? Was it when he comes up from behind the bushes and didn't do that <laughs> thing when you missed the duck? Was that it? Or do you think some hunter was so mad that he did that laugh so well that yeah. he's like, you're failing at a duck hunting yeah, school? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to guess it's the disgruntled hunter that had the problem.
Now I'm playing that little theme song in my head. Yeah, remember that whole uh, thing? You used to play Duck Hunt, didn't you? Yeah, I used to love that game. And then I would get frustrated that yeah. I couldn't get past a certain level because they were just coming out too fast. <laughs> you, you, can't, you can't shoot that quickly. You can't shoot the dog either. No. That would that would have made that game so much better. If you could just <laughs> listen, he's laughed at you every single time because you missed it. Yeah, don't it's time to put the dog down. Don't do it, Ma. It's yeah. my dog. Uh and that is now here. This it is 759 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Rock 102 wants to know what would you say if you want to and now, Bax's View from the Couch, brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware, your grilling headquarters, Weber, Big Green Egg, Uni Pizza Ovens, and Traeger Wood-Fired Grills. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? You know, over the years, the New England Patriots have been accused of a lot of things. Cheating, deflating footballs, running up the score during blowout victories, videotaping the New York Jets as if there was something to learn from doing so. My God, the list goes on and on. However, I think with the nine conference championships and six Lombardi trophies that are currently sitting in Robert Kraft's curio cabinet, that the critics would have settled down by now and quit their complaining. Well, that's very much easier said than done. Yesterday, MSN.com came up with this inflammatory headline that said, quote, the New England Patriots appear to be cheating again. Now, because I happen to be a curious sort, I read this story hoping to see what egregious actions the Patriots are being accused of this time. As it turns out, the Patriots are not being accused of cheating. They have, however, been found in violation of off-season rules, resulting in the NFL taking away two days of organized team activities. Does that mean that they were cheating? No. In fact, the nature of the violation has not been publicly disclosed. They could have done anything. They could have started OTAs too early. They could have ended OTAs a little bit too late. They could have had a player or two mistakenly put on pads during non-contact drills. All of those things are violations, and none of them constitute cheating. But in keeping with human nature, a single accusation of suspicious yet unprovable behavior can sometimes stain your reputation for life. Listen, Spygate happened 16 years ago. Deflategate was nine years ago, and here we are a decade later wondering if the Patriots intentionally violated the designated time limit of a non-mandatory organized team activity like running through a pile of tires or pushing a guy in a sled. If that sounds like cheating to you, then perhaps it's time to rethink our definitions because that does not sound like cheating. That sounds like a team that's losing track of time because if I were in that position, I probably would have lost a whole week or so of OTAs. But hey, never mind yapping sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Stuff you can make with a big green egg. Scallop potatoes, pretzels, meat pies, eggplant parm. You thought it was just a grill? Think again. These recipes and dozens more are on the big green egg website. Wood charcoal fired, delicious, awesome. The big green egg from Rocky's is the pinnacle of outdoor cooking. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 812 and Whitesnake with Bax and Nagel and Rock 102. It is uh, going to be a nice day today. Sunny and a high of 69. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 73. It is 50 right now in downtown Springfield. Man, did I have a hell of a day yesterday. Hold on. Oh, that's Hold right. Hold yeah. on. Don't yeah. jump the gun. Don't oh, I'm you, sorry. Don't you be the one to interrupt the flow of traffic oh. here. Well, I always do. It is time to uh, give you today's keyword to cash. $1,000 keyword. Today's keyword is the word vacation. That's vacation, as in 
I am looking forward to a vacation with $1,000 in my pocket. V-A-C-A-T-I-O-N. Go to the keyword to cash contest page on rock102.com. Enter the word vacation before midnight tonight for your chance at $1,000. Again, the the $1,000 keyword today is vacation. V-A-C-A-T-I-O-N. Good luck from Rock 102. Springfield's classic rock. Okay, right. now you may bulldoze your story into yeah, the show. You di- you did it on time. Good for you, Bex. Hey, you thanks, said you were going to give the keyword to cash and at eight fourteen, and you did it. Um, <laughs> so yesterday, uh, I had a hell of a time, uh, or hell of a good time, over at Old Sturbridge Village. Oh, has there ever been a bad day at uh, Sturbridge Village? So I joined my uh, my kids' uh, class. I I couldn't go on the bus because I was working here in the morning, but they yes. weren't going to get there until you know after we were done anyway. So I said, oh, I'll just I'll just meet you out there and uh, sign up for the uh, the. The sha- be a chaperone. Uh, not because I really want to go to Old Stir Bridge Village, but more the fact I want to hang out with my kid for the day. You right. Know, that kind of thing. Uh, it was okay. It was all right. I mean, here's the thing. I, as much as I believe that, yes, uh, I support uh, living uh, uh, museums, if mm-hmm. you will, uh, to teach people about how it used to be when everybody uh, settled here, this 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 region of the country has a lot of that because of you know that was one of the first places that they all started setting up, and, right? Uh, you know, uh, so I believe in it. I wouldn't necessarily go out of my way to go to a place like this for fun, other than like in a learning museum well, type type of place. If you were looking for fun. Yeah. In the state of Massachusetts, I think if you did a statewide poll, uh-huh. Sturbridge would be probably in the lower third. Yeah, and I would a, think so. It's not a criticism of uh, of uh, what they do over there. There's just so many other ways of having fun. Well, I, I'm just bored with that time period. I, I think I've seen so much of it mm-hmm. that it just becomes like... It's interesting, but I've seen a how a barrel's made. I've seen yeah. how a, how a, a shoe is cobbled. I've seen how you know. I know how those things work, and I know that these young kids haven't seen that. So it's important for them to really pay attention, like they were the entire time during this whole thing. I know it's important for for these uh, things to be focused on the kids, but as a chaperone, you know, there's got to be something in it for you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there is. There I mean, definitely. just time with your kids? Oh, you can do that so, anywhere. So for all the talk I did about this yesterday, right? Yeah. One, there was two, me and another chaperone, right? And then we had these, oh, it was a four or five kids, I think. I don't think it was four, maybe. <laughs> well, you started off with five. Well, I don't know. <laughs> we, had, we had kids in the group, right? I think there were four of them, right? But well, one of the kids... <laughs> there for- were by the end of the day. One of the kids, uh, you know, forgot her lunch and all that stuff on the bus. Yes. Like the bus, you know, because it was a miscommunication of, you know, I think a couple of t- kids did that. But they left the little lunch on the bus. Now, the bus is not anywhere near. The kid wants water. So I'm like, okay, we go into the Bullard Tavern over at uh, at old old Sturbridge Village. Yeah, and uh, I have to wait in line now at the. They have like like a cafeteria, st- just like they did back in the uh, early, in the olden days, old, right? Old, 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 the late 1700s. Grab ye old tray and I'll order yeah. you, and order your dessert. I hold you the first chicken finger and French fry. <laughs> 
That was brought to Massachusetts by Colonel Sanders of the South. How many ye old packages of ketchup will you need? Oh, uh, ye will need three. <laughs> um, so I'm waiting in line uh, for this thing, and I, I grab the bottle of water for the kid. And, uh, you know, obviously it's taking some time. Sure. Know, and and I think to the point where the group was like, well, "Where did this guy go?" <laughs> you know. So I, I, I'm paying for this water. And all of a sudden, this woman walks out from behind the, or she's behind the counter, and she says, "Which one of you is from Rock 102?" <laughs> okay. And I was like, "Me." You're right. And You're right. She's like, "What's your name?" And I said, uh, you know, "Steve Nagel." And then she 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 heard the entire conversation yesterday. Oh yeah. She works. She obviously works there. And a very nice woman. And here's I forgot her name. I'm sorry that I forgot her name, but. I only forgot her name because I was being yelled at by a group of kids going, where were you? You know, right <laughs> afterwards. But uh, she was very nice. I even got a brownie. Wow. Out of it, out of the deal after That's I nice. bought my water. A brownie that I then had to share with four or five children, making the brownie uh, useless. I, I didn't yeah, get it. What's the point of a brownie at that I point? I didn't, get, I didn't get the brownie. But uh, thank you so much for that. Uh, that, was a, that was a nice time. But... Uh, the, Again, I, I can't really see myself wanting to go to a place like this voluntarily. <sighs> I mean, I was voluntarily because yeah, no, I signed it, up for the trip, but I'm talking about outside of a school-based program. Yeah, but uh, yeah, right. On your own time, right. you would never say, hey, kids, wh- where would you like to go uh, to have a great afternoon of fun? Well, no kid is going to raise their hand and say, Dad, I loved uh, Sturbridge Village so much. Can we go there? No, mm-hmm. no, I've already had quite enough of that. So one of the interesting things I learned yesterday, uh, we talked about how small people were back then. Yeah. And that's why like door doorways are much smaller and, and things like that. But then we went into this, it's called the Salem Townhouse, which is like this big bougie, uh, it was kind of like the Longmeadow House of Old Sturbridge Village, <laughs> right? <laughs> Uh, and, and you go in this place and all the doorways are like really high and all the ceilings are super high. The coat rack is way up high. And I'm like, I thought these people were short. I thought, you know, people of that era were a lot shorter than they are now. So I asked my daughter's teacher, I said, listen, I I haven't had anybody have the answer to this. Was this, was this because I said, how did those short people all of a sudden become tall, you know, with the structures? She goes, it's money. It's all about money. The people who had money were able to build those big giant rooms and able to waste money on heat. You know, all yeah. they would do is burning firewood all day. When you have those little small little houses, the ceilings were a lot lower because it holds the heat in longer, which completely blew my mind. Uh, that whole thing about people were a lot shorter back then. Well, they might have been shorter than we are now. <laughs> they had to stoop over so they didn't scrape their heads in the ceilings. But that, but that's the thing. It's like it's like you know you you hear this fact your entire life of of uh, but not even really a fact. It's just hearsay of other people going. Well, sure. they were a lot shorter back then, and in your brain that makes sense. But then when I saw this giant tall <laughs> coat rack and these giant doorways, I'm like, what's going on here? 
See that? Yeah. I did learn something well, yesterday at Old Sturbridge Village. So you can't say you walked out of there with nothing. No, now no. You've, now you've got this. That, I, have, uh, I have. The money allows you to walk uh, straight up. I have a brain full of knowledge. Wow. Isn't that uh, cool? How does it feel? Uh, I don't know. I feel pretty much the same as I did <laughs> yesterday before I went there. <laughs> but uh, it was it was a very hot day. Yeah. And uh, you kind of appreciate what the uh, pioneers went through. Uh, yeah, especially as they try to get in and out of the gift shop without uh, spending a fortune. Yeah, yeah. But it is. It, I had never actually seen the full thing. I've done events there, weddings yeah. and things like that, and right. it's only been in that one town green where the tavern is and the thing. Yeah, but if you if you take a walk through the whole village, I mean, it's yeah, uh, they, it's a little bit more involved. But but there is some pretty interesting stuff there. There's the whole like glass blowing museum thing mm-hmm. that they have there. They have uh, the, the the cobble maker making the shoes. Yeah, oh yeah. All that good stuff. People love that stuff. But man, what a good time. I'm not buying that worth a damn Steve. Are you sure? No, I'm not buying it. You you have to buy it. This is <laughs> part of the this is part of the gig that we're doing here. It's uh, no, I believe you went. I just don't believe you had a good time. Yeah, I had a good time. I did. Are you saying you had a good time or did you really have the a good time? The best time I had was leaving and hitting that coffee shop on the way out for a nice cold iced coffee that's uh, to what drive I'm, home with. That's what I'm talking yeah. about. It's uh, just about 823 on Rock 102. A cigar gives a man that masterful feel. The Big Bonk and Smoke, built by Dave Miner Exterior Home Improvements and Aqua Pump, returns to the log cabin on Wednesday. Gary Rome Hyundai. Go to Gary Rome Hyundai today. Get 0% financing on select models. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Thanks, Bax. Uh, the motorcycle operator that died in a crash on I-91 in West Springfield Tuesday has been identified. According to Mass State Police spokesman David Procopio, 24-year-old Edwin Perez of Chicopee died due to his injuries after crashing on the northbound side of I-91 just past exits 10A and 10B in West Springfield. The motorcycle was the only vehicle involved in the crash. However, uh, state police say two additional and separate multi-vehicle crashes including a total of five vehicles, took place shortly after 7 a.m. in the same area. The three people were taken to Bay State Medical Center related to those with minor injuries. The cause of the crash is being investigated by Troop B of the Mass State Police and the State Police Detectives Unit for Hamden County. Uh, the Ludlow School District is in the spotlight after a school committee, uh, committee meeting on Tuesday night. What's up with these school committee meetings? I don't know. Period? A lot of problems on there. One of the items on their agenda, a proposed library book policy that could lead to certain books being banned in Ludlow public schools. The policy, uh, the proposed policy is derived from a policy already in place in some Pennsylvania schools. One local professor shared the psychological impact that banning books has on children. Uh, Shannon Anderson said public education is valued and censorship is unacceptable. A proposed library book at Ludlow Public Schools has a community divided. I'm here to defend my 12-year-old. I don't want her to be exposed to sexual conduct. That's it, said one Ludlow parent. Under the proposal, a district-level library supervisor of each school would give a recommended list of books to the school superintendent. After the superintendent's approval, that list will be provided to the school committee and posted publicly for 30 days allowing parents and guardians parents guardians and employees to submit when uh, written comments on the recommended list then the superintendent will make the final list recommendation considering the public comments and bring it to the school committee the school committee may accept or reject the list in whole or in part the policy also lists restrictions for books including books that have visual or written sexual content school committee member uh, ds uh, in, apparently I don't have a first name 
uh, introduced the policy and said the current policy has not been reviewed since 2017 and puts the town at risk of a civil lawsuit. The current policy leaves a lot of decision making to a librarian. Oh, that's a that's a that's a horrible wow. thing to say. If that librarian makes the wrong decision on a book and it's a decision you don't like, you'll probably sue her or him. One local psychology professor told Western Mass News this type of policy is something being introduced at schools across the nation, including Florida and Pennsylvania. A trend we've seen increasing more recently. There are a number of effects, and I would say there are largely negative effects to this happening. And then they go on to talk about the psychological effects of books being banned in school. I'm not a real big fan of the idea of banning books. I mean, uh, I mean they're just books. They're just words. Words aren't going to kill you. They're not going to hurt you. Yeah. You know, in some hands, I mean, yeah, there might be problems. But, you know, for the most part, books that are in a school library are books that have been used in schools for generations with uh, with very little harm involved. I don't really understand why people are upset about this stuff. You know how many books you can go find issues with? Yeah. Look at the, look at all the, uh, you know, the Mark Twain books. Yeah, because of you know, for you know, you know, racial undertones or you know, or or racist, you know, potentially inflammatory language. They're still classic books. The Bible is one of the most violent pieces of literature out there. You're gonna ban that? Well, well you're probably not, you're probably not gonna have that in a school anyway. Why wouldn't you? A school library would have some would a say Bible, a, a some Quran. Would, it would have some uh, would say a separation of church and state in schools. I don't believe in that either. I think you should have those books in there. You should have the books of all the religions that follow whatever book that they follow. I, I, New I, Testaments, I, Old yeah. Testaments, whatever. It's part of history. It's part of... I, the, the book banning is, is probably one of the worst things you could do. What kind of books are you talking about? That's what I don't understand. Nobody's listed any books in here. And but if you start talking about sexual in nature, I can probably give you ten. I could probably go through that library and find ten examples of you yeah. very quickly. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's. We all read books that had suggestive content in them in high school or college, and you know, I mean, that's there's things to learn from those books. There's not, you know, then we shouldn't be running away from those things. Didn't uh, uh, Holding Caulfield hire a hooker? Believe he did. I yeah, was try, I was trying we to, all read that book. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's still considered a classic even to this day. You gonna take Catcher out in the, in the Rye away from kids? I don't think so. Yeah, this is uh, you know, this boogeyman like mentality that you're destroying your children with these books. You know what? Take the damn phone away from your kid. The TikTok videos are destroying your kids. You know, this every I don't know every generation or so. You know, they're, 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 you get this outrage, you know, of people who believe that books or rock music yeah. or movies or video games or whatever it may be are damaging our kids as opposed to taking the opportunity to teach our kids about those things and why they may be good or why they may be bad. Use these things as, as an opportunity to teach your kid. I know, I know that's. That's not why you read books. Educational value isn't really important in, uh, these days, but really, that's that's what it what the importance yeah. should be. And you know, no music uh, with lyrics are going to be the damaging 
part of a society. They're not going to be the thing that takes down the government. Was it Tipper Gore that had the uh, the argument with uh, D. Snyder? It was, or was it Tipper, Al, Tipper Gore or Al Gore was the it was senator? A, it was Tipper Gore and a, and a couple of Hollywood wives at yeah. the time that created the PMRC. And the PMRC was the Parents Music Resource Center. And what they wanted to do was put labels on records that they felt were either sexually su- suggestive, uh, demonic, uh, you know, were about drugs or sex or whatever it, it could possibly be. And they wind up getting it to the point of a, of a, of a Senate hearing, a congressional hearing. And you had Dee Snyder, you had uh, Frank Zappa, mm-hmm. and believe it, or, believe it or not, John Denver. All coming out, uh, ripping these the PMRC apart because these things are art. Yeah, and to modify or judge art based on what you don't think is right is is it's not only unconstitutional, it's morally wrong. Because who are you to say what is appropriate or inappropriate? Now, Frank Zappa has some unbelievable lyrics that may or may not offend you, but there's no getting around the fact that the man was a, was a genius. I, and he, I mean, that music should be heard regardless of the lyrics. D. Snyder spoke eloquently about it. So did John Denver. And, and it winds up, the end result was the PMRC went away and that music still continues. But yeah. whether it's music or art or literature or, or television shows or whatever it may be, when people get outraged, it's like a cycle, it's, and, and we're kind of getting back into it. I think if you want to successfully not have somebody read a book, don't talk about it. Now you're drawing attention. Yeah. There, this, this list that they're talking about creating would be, hey, you know what? What are the books that I can't read? Now, you're gonna, now your interest is peaked. Yeah. Oh, I want to go read that book now. It's just like the wet paint sign on the bench. Most people are going to touch that wet paint because you're not supposed to. Yeah. I mean, you brought up yeah. Catcher in the Rye, and it's a, it's a yeah. good example because, I mean, <laughs> I mean, really, that was required reading for nearly every high school kid over the last 100 years, and, and for good reason. I remember a reading of Mice and Men where Lenny strangled a woman to death at the end of the book. That's right. I'm sorry if I gave that spoiler away, but uh, that's what happens. To kill a mockingbird because of its racial, you know, it's 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 racial undertones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, would you would you ban that book? Isn't it kind of important? That's what I'm talking about. I mean, you know, these these things have been implemented in education for years, and yep. sometimes times change. And you need new books to reflect what the culture is now versus what was 70, 80 years ago. Yeah, but the way to learn about culture now is to reflect and to consider culture before us. That's what I mean. Though. Exactly. I, you're, you're, I mean, the only way to get culture working in, in, a, in a proper way is to at least understand where it all comes from. I don't want my kid reading a book that has sexual connotations in it. History is dangerous. I don't want my kids anywhere near it. My kid is going to go home now and listen to that WAP song. (laughs) Because she was so distraught about the sexual connotations in these books. (laughs) And now all she can think of... Are very very moist yeah. areas of the body. You're uh yes. 
Your Pioneer Valley forecast today going to be uh, sunny and a high of 69. Giggity tomorrow, sunny and a high of 73. It is 50 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Oh, yeah. It's bad. You're trapped in a mortgage you can no longer afford. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 8.50 and Nirvana with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It's going to be uh, mostly sunny today with a high of 69, Giggity. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 73. It's 50 right now in downtown Springfield. Uh, if you missed any part of today's show, check out the daily podcast. It's going to get posted just after 10 o'clock this morning. That way, if you miss something, you could always go back and listen to it whenever you damn well feel like it. Also, Baxley's musical podcast this week, uh, Richie Faulkner from Judas Priest, the guitar player. Really cool interview and an amazing story of a guy who nearly died on stage back in 2021. Now he's back with the band. They're with a new band called Elegant Weapons, and it's an amazing comeback story. Monday, I'll be uh, welcoming back Glenn Matlock to uh, to Baxi's musical podcast from the Sex Pistols. He's got a brand new record out, and he's about to go on tour playing with Blondie. So make sure you check that out starting on Monday on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and on rock102.com. Happy National Wine Day. Oh. It's wine day today. Really? Would you like some facts about wine? <laughs> I would love to hear some facts about wine. Well, I have, uh, you know, these are for all those uh, those folks out there who think they're, you know, they're, 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 they're oh, I, I'm going to let the bottle aerate with the cork on the top and swirl it around the glass. Isn't that the most obnoxious thing there is? Listen, uh, people, most people who drink wine drink wine to get drunk. And if it tastes pretty good, then it does the job, then success. Well, yeah, I mean, I know people who, yeah. who really do know a lot about wine. I know mm-hmm. people who make wine. And even they don't want to get obnoxious about it and say, ooh, this thing's got ooh, notes, of, uh, notes See, of almonds. that's the thing, yeah, that, I mean, I, who does the, that? The real expert, the one that knows about it, doesn't boast about it. It's the one trying to be yep. like they know what the hell they're talking about. Go, you're in a wine cellar. When I've gone out to dinner with my friend, the, yeah. the, the guy that you know, owns a winery, uh, and he'll order a, a, a bottle of wine, he says, I'll take the wine. He orders the bottle and shuts up about it. Yeah. It doesn't it doesn't have to explain anything. It's like, here you go. Here's the, here's the wine I picked. And boom, it's perfect. As opposed to sometimes when you're with a couple of dudes and they want to go into some sort of uh, sumo wrestling of... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of some sort of competition. Well, you know, you always bring up that example of that time that uh, we went out to lunch with those two bosses that time because yep. they, you know they wanted to show us how much they cared about us by taking <laughs> us to a nice place, and uh, you know they set us down and 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 the, the two of them are like, oh, what do you think? You should get a a two thousand nine Robert Mondavi or other thing. Oh, I I don't know. Uh, uh, maybe maybe a two thousand six Napa Valley. You know, and they're like I'd be happy with a, I'd be happy with a twenty eleven bottle of Mad Dog twenty twenty. And, uh, and 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 we just sat there and watched them like what a bunch of douchebags <laughs> these guys are. Like they, they, they it's and you know what? Again, it's one of these things that. People take so far that they become the douchey part of that particular thing. It's like the beer people. Oh, yeah. The beer people with, eh, it's got a lot of hops in it. Oh, this is bitter. This is, you know, whatever their their critique is on the drink makes you sound like more of a douchebag than because everybody can call you out for what you really are, and you really don't know anything about that. You know what I mean? Listen, I I don't want to be so much of an expert in anything where I become, like, 
a total knob about it. You know, I really don't. Listen, it took me 10 years of drinking bourbon to finally, you know, have somebody go, here, this was an aged one. You can taste the oak barrel, and that's where I finally learned what the taste oaky meant. Yeah. But I didn't go around going, oh, this is a little bit oaky. <laughs> I went, put that with some ginger ale and let me suck it down because I really want to get blasted this afternoon. I'm not looking to. <laughs> I'm more concerned about the taste of the <laughs> yeah. ginger ale. Yeah, you could put uh, Evan, you could put the, the that Maker's Mark 46 and the Evan Williams next to each other, and I'll drink both of them. <laughs> it doesn't really matter, you know? Like because, that. because you are a motivated right. you know, customer. That's right. Why. Well, I don't care. Like, again, like, you know, and I, and I admit that, like, I get douchey with certain things that I do, like this Peloton thing. Yeah. You know, I'm feeling pretty pretty confident about it and pretty good about it, and I'm getting into it. But I do realize there is a very douchey portion of that that, every, you know, the people that are really into it are like, yeah, man, you got to go on a power ride with me. And I'm like, no. No, nah, you don't. I don't go on a power ride with no. you. I want to go at my own pace and do my own thing. Uh, so happy National Wine Day is what I'm really trying to say. <laughs> I mean, I could go through all these facts, but do you really care? Well, I mean, you know, give me a fact or two. Uh, red wine is our favorite type, followed by white, then rosé. The most popular uh, reds uh, are Merlot, Cabernet, Pinot, Pinot. Is that? I thought it was pe- I thought Pino. it was penis. Oh, pe- penis. I thought it was penis. No, that's the person drinking it. <laughs> uh, and red zin. Okay. Uh, the top mistakes we make when drinking wine are holding the glass by the bulb instead of the stem. You know what? You can put it in a solo cup. I'd drink it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Opening it wrong and getting pieces of cork in the bottle and mispronouncing the name when ordering the wine at a restaurant. Is dipping the sandwich in the glass considered yeah. to be uh, gauche? Yes. Yeah. Is it really? Yeah. Well, I mean, it could be. Well, it softens up the bread, especially if it's stale a little bit. Well, it's all from grapes. You could put a peanut butter sandwich in there and dip it in and a yeah. nice little dip, right? <laughs> Uh, how many glasses of wine do you usually have in one sitting? 74% of wine drinkers say one or two. 9% say they usually take down a full bottle themselves. Right. That's five glasses. Yeah, and those people that say one or two, 95% of them are lying. I, I, I told you I went on a date with a girl who drank two bottles of wine within like an hour and a half. And then try to convince you she only had two drinks. And then did air guitar to comfortably numb in the car on the ride home. Oh, my God. Yeah, that was a good time. Awful. The average person drinks over three gallons of wine a year. Really? Three gallons? It's been uh, going up pretty much nonstop for decades. Actually, three gallons of wine a year is not that much considering if you're drinking two glasses per day. Yeah, but the, but, but the, two, the two glasses per day people. Yeah. Obviously, you're going to get more more per you know, right. more gallons in that way. Oh, so the average of everybody, yeah, they're drinking yeah. a gallon. And which country makes the best wine? Surprisingly, 19 percent of Americans say the United States, <laughs> which is good enough for second place. 21 percent say France, and Italy is third. We don't uh, don't know was the top answer at 32 percent. Three and four people say the best place to drink wine is at home. Okay, I agree with that. Sure. Not drinking alone if it's with your cat. Uh, the number one thing <laughs> we consider when picking out a wine is the price. Two-thirds say it's a big pector. Yes, I'll have your finest bottle of Franzia. I'll have the two ninety nine bottle of Andre, please. Yeah, I'm waiting for it to go to a fancy restaurant and then bringing out a box. 
you know? And they're just pouring it from the tap right into the glass. You know what the funny part about it is? Yeah. I bet there are a lot of a lot of restaurants out there that pour right from the box and you never know. Oh, I'm sure they All do. the time. There was, uh, I remember- We'll uh, have the house wine. <laughs> we'll my, get a little of that. My late wife was a bartender, and, and one of the one of the thing, the one place that she worked at, one of the things that they, they implemented was this drink mixer. You know how they have the soda gun? Yeah. Well, they have a drink mixer gun, too. Oh, I've heard of that, so yeah. So it has, like, vodka, gin, and all that stuff. I'm not sure about the wine part- but you, somebody could go up and say, "I'll have a, I'll have a, a, a Tanqueray and tonic." Okay, well, who's to say that that's Tanqueray in the gun? Would you really know the difference unless you were just like yeah, a, you'd have to really, really like that? That you really have to be loyal to that brand yeah. to probably tell. So again, you don't know what the wool pulling over your eyes. Of course, when I go to one of those Chinese buffets and I say Coke, and I know it's RC Cola, you're not <laughs> fooling me, dude. Sorry. <laughs> It's 859 with Max and Nagel at Rock 102. Spread the word around. Spread the word around.